Well, good morning, and uh, it's good to see you this morning here at Generation Church. Uh, I don't know about you, but you know that last song, just the words of that last song just speak to me so much because my past is broken, but it's over. It's my past, and I'm thankful that the Bible tells us in Romans that there is now no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus, and I'm thankful that my past is gone, that now I have freedom in Jesus Christ, and so if you're here today, and maybe you're struggling with some things in your life, and uh, maybe your past is holding you back, or there's some things that are just holding you back from moving in your faith in Jesus Christ, just know that there is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus, that there is freedom, there is forgiveness of sin, and there is freedom to those who are in in Jesus Christ. So just wanted to encourage you on that this morning. So what we're going to do this morning, uh, if you don't know, uh, because we're going to introduce this Motley crew up here in a moment. And so if you don't know, my name is Alex. Uh, I'm uh, the lead pastor at Generation Church. And what that means is uh, basically uh, uh, all these do the work and uh, I get the the kudos, right? No, not really. But uh, what we're going to do this morning, we're closing out our perfect one series, and uh, we, we'll have a tiny little bit of teaching this morning, uh, but uh, as part of this series, um, I wanted you, and we wanted you to hear uh, just from some of uh, uh, the leaders in the church, and what we mean by leaders, uh, these are just the people who oversee certain areas of the church, and so uh, our church here at Generation, and I, and I totally forgot to uh, put something up on the screen for this, but uh, it's basically divided into like uh, five parts, and the five parts um, include uh, what we call servicing and programming, which is kind of our services and our Sunday morning services and the thing like if we have a worship night and things like that, uh, that's what one area that uh, somebody takes care of. Then we have re- relationship and discipleships, which is all about small groups and 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 uh, and being more disciples of Jesus and, uh, and, and becoming better disciples of Jesus. Um, and then uh, we have uh, outreach uh, ministries and meaning uh, how we are going to take what we do here on a Sunday and uh, go out into our community and in our workplace and tell people about the good news of Jesus. Um, and then we have um, family ministries, uh, which oversees all the kids and the youth ministries. Um, and then we have what we call operations. And operations, uh, some of you get really excited by operations. Most of you think, uh, I don't even care about operations. But that's like finances and building and all that kind of stuff. Um, when it comes in procedures and structure and, and that's all that. And uh, and then there's me. And uh, so then I just get to talk up here on Sunday. That's about it. So, And so what we're going to do this morning, we're going to hear from uh, just each of the people up here. Not all uh, people are represented, uh, but uh, uh, we, we there's... There's three up here who represented uh, just some of the things there. And then I'm going to actually talk about just some of the areas um, uh, that aren't represented here. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, because as, per, as we've been going through this series called Perfectly One, uh, we've been talking about the need for, for the church to come together in unity uh, and, and, and a body. Like, like a body has many different parts. Uh, there's many different parts here in our church. And we need to come together like a body. And so what we're going to do this morning, we're going to be pretty honest and transparent with you um, and and kind of let you in kind of to see just some of the different areas. And so we're going to talk about what, what God is doing. We're going to talk about some of the pressure points that we're feeling as a church. And then we're going to just talk just a little bit about, okay, what do we see for the future and what God is, is, 
going to do. And so we're going to start that this morning. And um, uh, the first person who's going to start us off um, is going to be Zoe. And then after we've finished, and then I just want to finish it up very quickly. And I'm going to be very careful of the time and watch the time. But uh, wrap it up uh, with just a tiny little bit of teaching. And then right at the end of the service, we're going to pray for one and each, each other as we close out this series. Um, and then next week, we start a new series called Bigger. I'm super excited about that. But, uh, but that's for next week. So, Zoe, why don't you start us off? Lucky me. No, I'm just kidding. Wow, I don't get to do this very often. I feel a little uncomfortable because I'm normally hidden. Like, this is my comfort over here. So, um, so I am the Director of Services and Programming. Um, it sounds fancy. I actually had to ask Alex this morning because I forgot what it was that I did exactly. <laughs> so, um, so. That sounds big and huge, and one of those pieces is obviously what you see every Sunday when you come um, is the music um, is involved in that. Um, I plan all of the music basically here, but that also um, includes like being sure that it's not too hot and too cold in here for you people, and I, that is a tough job, by the way. Somebody is always hot and somebody is always cold. Generally, I'm always hot because it's hot up here, but... <laughs> Um, but it's also things like um, being sure the Mother's Day events go good and that, you know, we have everything for the mothers that we need and Father's Days and things like that. And then um, if we have special speakers, being sure that everything um, is good to go whenever they come into the place and that they know what's going on. Um, and and then um, it also includes, like Alex said, like worship nights and things like that, um, coordinating practices for the band um, and things like that. But some of the stuff that you may not know is that it also includes hospitality and greeters. Um, I don't really get to touch them as much as I would like. Um, they're kind of the outside of what I do, but um, I would like to be more involved with them um, going into the future. Um, where God is moving basically in the ministry that I take care of, um, right at the moment it's with the band. Um, they are growing in such a huge way and it's really great to see um, we're becoming closer as a unit. Um, we're becoming really confident with each other, um, basically more confident to share our desires of our hearts, being more comfortable coming to the band with concerns, and not just me, they're coming to all of us, and like we sit on Sunday morning, you don't get to see, but we rehearse every Sunday morning at 8.30, and we sit in a group after we're done, and we sit, and we just, we go over the values, we've done that for over a year, um, and then we also sit, and we just have a time of talking, sometimes it's joking and horsing around, and sometimes we accidentally get recorded, and it goes on YouTube, so sorry, <laughs> um, but it's good to be able to have a group of people that we can joke with and be transparent with, but we can also come up here and be one unit and have a unified goal. And um, we are so different in so many ways. But um, when we come up here and we play on a Sunday morning, it's not us. It's God. And that's what I love so much about my band is that they are not, and I say my band, I mean Generation Church band, but they're, they are so willing to give their gifts back to the Lord. And that's like awesome to like see. Nobody is ever, except for Patrick, our drummer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, nobody's arrogant. Drummers are always arrogant. Can I just say that? <laughs> Sorry, Dan, in the back. <laughs> um, but some of the pressure points in our ministries um, is 
we never have enough people. And I think that's always like the big thing, but we've also had like transitions happen. You know, um, Ken used to lead worship and he transitioned out. And so that was a big, um, big shoes to fill, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> Cause he, you know, he has a heart for worship and he really loves worshiping the Lord. And so that's tough to fill. Um, and so I had my work cut out for me in that regard. Um, and I hope that I continue to grow and do a good job for Generation Church. Um, but we also had people transition out of our hospitality team and like things had to be filled there. And um, we had great people pick up the slack on that. And it's just, you know, it's tough whenever, you know, Jim, our electric guitar is here every single Sunday. He never takes a Sunday off. I'm here every single Sunday. I barely ever take a Sunday off unless I'm in Missouri and I have no choice. Um, and so it's things like that that people don't realize, you know, oh, wow, they're cool, they're here all the time, but it's because we really have to be. <laughs> Not that we don't want to be, but sometimes it would be nice to be able to, like, be with our family if we wanted to go away or whatever for the weekend. It makes it kind of tough. Um, what I see for us in the future, and I don't want to take up any more time, but um, what I see for my ministry and what I overlook here at Generation Church and what I actually want for Generation Church is that... Um, we would just have a passion for the Lord. Um, I see it growing in the band and the in that group, and I would like to see it grow out into the hospitality group and out into the greeters and out into the kids, and so that we really learn to foster that for Generation Church, and that we become this group of people as a whole that is just on fire and united for the Lord. Like that is like my heart's desire for this church is that we would just have this great passion and never like can just continually be hungry for the Lord. And so um, that's what I see for us in the future. And I hope that it starts, you know, here on the band and on the hospitality and in the greeters and that it just ignites a fire in uh, the congregation as well. Good job, Zoe. There's always a choice to go to Missouri. Let me just say. Drummer auditions begin next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Zoe. We lost all our drummers in the church now. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I mean, when you come into this place and on a Sunday morning and 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 the music's playing and and you sense God's spirit, it's uh, that's don't take that for granted. Because you can go into a lot of churches and not ever experience that. And, and, and the great thing is, and, and Ken built a great foundation, um, and, uh, and, and, and Zoe has been able to build on that, um, of, a hot, of people who have a heart to worship. And uh, you see our band on a Sunday morning before any of you get in and then just praying together and believing for great things. And, uh, and that is a great environment that welcomes the Holy Spirit in. And so just want to thank all the band and, uh, and the greeters as well, because it's not just in worship. You could be outside in the cold, you know, when it's minus whatever, and, uh, and they're out there freezing, but they can have a God moment in that moment. God can meet us in any of the moments. So, so I, I, I'm, I'm going uh, to transition myself just a little bit right now. So don't think of myself as Alex. Think of myself as a girl called Erin Pardue, who, you know, is about this tall, is about this wide, and of oriental descent. So uh, think of me as her right now. So these are not my words, these are her words. Now the great thing I love about our church is someone like Erin. Erin, 
you probably have no idea how much work Erin does. She's like the busiest person in our church, and she takes so much of a headache away from a, a lot of us because she does the work a lot of you would not even know goes on in a church and uh, would not even probably want to do. But she's like the busiest person in the church. But do you know what she's doing this morning? She's helping in the kids' area. And I love that. I love that because she understands, okay, I'm busy doing a lot of stuff, but I still have a heart to minister to children. And, uh, and to me, that, that just makes my heart feel so good um, and stuff. But this is basically, she sent me kind of what she, she does. So she is the operations person of the church. And so uh, uh, back in the day, we used to call them administrative pastors, such a fancy title. Uh, but basically, she takes care of the day-to-day stuff in the church, the facilities, the finances, the procedures. She makes sure that we have a copy machine uh, over in the kids' area. Uh, uh, she, that there's computers. Um, she she makes sure that uh, uh, you know that we we have the software programs we need uh, um, and and even personnel stuff like HR stuff. She takes care of it all. She takes care of a whole lot of stuff. Um, and uh, she always gets mad with me because she asks me to do a tiny little thing about my receipts each month, and then I always get them in late, and she gets really mad with me. And I can't get mad with her because she does so much. But this is what she 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 sent to to me just to share with you guys today. That she says, you know, throughout the life of, of Generation Church, God has always provided. Like God has always shown up in amazing ways, uh, whether it's finances or facilities. God has shown up uh, when there was things that seemed beyond our reach. God showed up. Uh, and, and, and it's in- incredible to see. She says, it's just been tangible evidence of God being with us, which in Evan's words, it's super encouraging. You know, and because she'd probably say it like that, super encouraging. And uh, but she, 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 she has seen firsthand how God has provided. Each every every week, she's seen, and uh, uh, she says that you know we've always had new givers every year, uh, and, and some people have been extravagant givers. Um, uh, even this year, we've had new givers who have come into the church and uh, and have given. And and let's be honest, we hate talking about money in church. But without money, we can't be in this building right now. So for her, that's a big part of, uh, of, of the role that she plays. And what we've done over the last few years, if we put some many solid procedures in place, that is a great foundation for us as a church to build on for years to come. And uh, these procedures, and Erin has been forefront in building these, uh, has, has really helped sustain us uh, and can sustain us through growth. So we probably could be maybe triple, quadruple the size of the church that we are right now, but the procedures that Aaron has helped put in place means that, that we can sustain that, which just shows the incredible job that, that she's done. But there are also challenges as well. Uh, and, and this is what she wrote, and this is just typical Aaron. She says, don't assume because we added a pastor this year, we have an abundance of income. And stuff. That's just Aaron in a nutshell, right there. And I'll 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 clean it up a bit for you. So basically, so we brought Chris on this year uh, onto the pastoral staff, and he's a uh, he's been brought on as a, a part-time um, staff member, and and that was a step of faith for us. And some of us in the church, we made some big sacrifices to be able to do that. Um, but that's a, that was a sacrifice. She told us income last year was down over the year before. So just because we brought someone on doesn't mean that now we've got the, you know, the Benjamins flying around everywhere. Um, 
She says, we're relying on faith and trust, knowing that this decision to bring Chris on was an important part of our church. And, and, and I believed it. I was the one who said, look, we've got to bring him on. God has brought him here for a purpose, and we've got to make it happen, and God will make it happen. Um, she also said that having three buildings instead of one is just really tough. It causes many limitations. Uh, the kids' area feels very isolated from the rest of us uh, a lot of the time, and, and we hate that. We're always looking uh, and searching for a facility where we can be a little bit more cohesive and all in one building. But she says, but it would be very hard to find both a good one and an affordable one in our present circumstances. And that's the problem. And so we don't want to be in this building anymore because for, for what the ministry that we need to do, we're, we're finding there's a lot of pressure points. But if you've ever gone out and looked at commercial real estate in Hartford County, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. She says there's a lot of things to stay on top of. She says it's very hard to find volunteers for the day-to-day -day work, the weekly work. It's not as hard to find a volunteer or do it once a month, but the areas that she deals with, it's every single day. So we have people like Kate and Aaron who, who help every single week to do things. We have people like, uh, uh, um, uh, like Claire who helps people counting the offering and things like that. Every single week um, they, they need stuff. And she says that, uh, like, like Zoe, she needs more people uh, to help with roles that aren't as visible as an, and exciting as she puts it, administrative stuff, financial stuff. If you're good at that, you know, then talk to Erin because she can use you in great ways. And this is her big kind of dream for the future. A new facility, one building, that's what she put. And, uh, but also to help new churches. We want to help new churches in their procedures, in their facilities, in their finances. And we want to help plant new churches. And we want to help uh, to grow and sustain other churches who may be struggling as well. Uh, but we can't do that until we get everything uh, sorted. So that's kind of what Aaron is thinking when we're thinking operations. I know for most of you, it's just like, ugh, finances, ugh, building. But it's a very real part of, of church life. I'm going to pass the mic to Josh, and he can tell you who he is. Yeah, and just um, wrapping that up, you know, to tell you how real it is, like this morning, um, so Aaron Bird, he helps Aaron Pardue. So we have girl Aaron, who's Aaron Pardue, and then boy Aaron, who uh, does operations. And so Aaron, girl Aaron, comes in this morning and says, well, the heat in the kids' building isn't working, so Aaron's rushing over here. So we have, so that's where, you know, it's it's really behind the scenes, but it is really important. You know, he's getting up early and rushing over here as quick as he can to get the heat working so we don't have all the kids running around here. Um, so thanks, Aaron, and uh, that's the kind of stuff you don't see. So yeah, I'm Josh. Um, I oversee the area we call discipleship and relationships. Um, basically what that means is I'm really interested in helping people to develop deeper and more life-giving relationships. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to open that. Yeah, um, and so far that's been mostly accomplished through uh, small groups. Um, I'm really passionate about getting people together and just developing deep relationships. Um, and there's been some good things and some challenges that come with that. So as far as small groups, the, the good things that we've seen come, of that, come out of that are, um, you know, some of them are just the little normal things you'd expect. People getting to meet uh, new people and their neighbors. Um, people developing uh, deeper relationships with their friends. Um, and we also have, you know, stories of other people who have gone to a small group and they've experienced um, but I would just say, like, real Christian love um, that they really didn't expect to find because, um, you know, previous, 
previous experiences at other churches where they, they didn't feel loved. Um, and so those are the kinds of things that we, we love to, to hear stories of and we love to foster. And, um, and that's kind of why we do small groups. We don't think, or I don't think that's necessarily the way to do it, um, but we've just found that they've been um, pretty helpful for, w- with that. Um, there, are, there are challenges with it too, uh, with small groups, uh, especially if they're meeting weekly or every other week even. You know, logistically, it can be hard for some people to do that. Some people don't want to have people over that often, you know, things like that. Um, it just doesn't work out for everyone. And it's not uh, necessarily what we we want to have, you know, a small group here and a small group there. What we really want is one church with a, a deep community of people. Mm-hmm. So that's been something that we've we've had a little challenge with, but overall, it's been it's been really good. Um, and one of the things that I think about relationships is that they're really their best when they're organic, when people get together because they want to be together and not because they're forcing it. Sometimes in church we do things uh, where we program things to kind of not necessarily force people to, to, to get together, but to give them opportunities to. And so that's the real challenge is how do we get people to build community with each other without it being forced and with it, you know, being organic. And uh, that kind of comes into what, you know, what I see for the future. So, you know, when I'm thinking about what does it look like to be the church, uh, you know, in the Bible, there's, there's lots of things that we see in the church. So I'm just going to read, um, let's call this the Josh paraphrase of what I, one example of what happens in the Bible. It says that they devoted themselves to the word, to fellowship, and to praying together. They ate meals together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. So, and sometimes when it, it, we read about the, the church in the Bible, it's kind of hard to put that into terms like, what do we actually, what does that mean? Uh, but practically, it's really simple. You know, what this looks like is as easy as um, having a meal with somebody or getting coffee with somebody um, and having, you know, Christ-centered uh, conversation. So a while ago, uh, Chris and Amy, we, we ate dinner with them, and Chris and Amy are both really good at, uh, when you have a conversation with them, just bringing Christ into it and talking about how God has been active in their lives. And those are the kinds of conversation that it's, act- it's actually really easy to have, but it's not always natural for us. And so that's what we want to help develop. So that's one example. Another thing, um, Jim and Jenny Anderson are really great at seeing somebody in need, and they just go to their house on a Saturday and just do things for them. And that's what it looks like to be a community. Um, and so that those are the kinds of things that's really, really simple, but I think sometimes we make it more complicated. Um, and so that's really my vision for the future, is that that becomes a natural way of life for us where we are spending time together, whether that's eating meals, whether that's serving one another, um, you know, whether it's just um, hanging out at each other's homes, really simple stuff. And so that's kind of what my my focus is for the future. Um, we'll probably still do some sort of small group type thing, but also helping people to build that type of lifestyle where they are involved in each other's lives. And so if that's something that you think that you really care about, if you're excited about that, please talk to me about it because I want to be doing that. You know, and, and I'm not very good at that. Um, for those of you that know Claire, she's really good at that and so we have some tension sometimes because she's like hey let's have someone over for dinner like every week and I'm like oh, I don't know <laughs> that sounds stressful um, but it's but it's actually always a great when we do um, it's very encouraging and it's it's fun um, so yeah if that's something that you you're passionate about is developing deeper relationships um, talk to me about that
Thanks, Josh. Notice we haven't called him facilitator of small groups. And the reason is, is because we believe in small groups, but that's not the only way that you can build relationships and discipleship. And some of you, your lives don't facilitate to, to being part of a small group. You're busy. I mean, some of you, you know, you've got long commutes or you're traveling out in the week and things like that. So our desire is that you will build relationships. And it's through those relationships that we build to become better disciples of Jesus Christ when Christ is centered. So if you're in this place today and you're like, you know, I want to build better relationships or more relationships. Um, I, I, I want to gain more friends. You know, maybe, you know, you're, just, you're awkward and you don't have any friends. I don't know. But you say, I, I, I just want more friends. I want more people around me who, uh, who love Christ. Then talk to Josh. Because we want to make that happen for you. And we want to help to surround you with people who, who can help that as, as you develop in your, in your uh, relationship with Christ. So, so now I'm going to transform myself again. Okay. And this time I've gone from Oriental to Hispanic. And so, uh, uh, and, and so I'm still about five foot one, even though I'm five foot, but I think I'm five foot one. And, uh, and my name is Raquel Pendick. That's my wife. That's why I can say that about her. Um, <laughs> and uh, she oversees our family ministries. And uh, if you've got kids, you know who Raquel is. Um, if, if you've been new to the church, you may not have seen her recently. And we'll talk about just some of the pressure points in a minute. But our family ministries encompass, you know, babies, preschool, elementary, and then youth as well. Um, and, uh, and, and I love our kids' ministry here at Generation Church and our family ministries because our kids love it. That's a huge deal. When I was a kid, I hated church. I didn't want to go to church. I was dragged, kicking and screaming every single Sunday at church. I used to try to get out of kids' church. I would go around the back of the church with my friends and try to kick a soccer ball. I mean, that's what we tried to do. We didn't want to be in church. I didn't want to be in kids' ministry. And this is what does my heart a world of good. Every Sunday morning, my son wants to come to church early with daddy because he gets to see his friends and he gets to come to church. And then he comes home and he says, he says, Daddy, he says, how high, how wide, how long, how deep is the love of Christ? And I hear that and you know what? It melts my heart. And this is why, because you who are in kids ministry are making a huge impact in those kids' lives. So often kids are the forgotten people. But in the Bible, Jesus says, look at those kids. He says to all the adults, look at those kids. Be more like them. Jesus encompassed the kids. He surrounded himself with kids. And our kids' ministry and our youth ministry is so vital. And God is doing amazing things in those. And I'm also seeing God raising up leaders in those areas who have such a heart and a passion for those kids. And so speaking on behalf of Raquel, you know, she has some great people there who give so much of their time. And so firstly, thank you to everybody who volunteers every week or volunteers every other week or volunteers one, once a month. You are making a huge difference in those kids' lives. But this is the deal, and this is the problem with all kids' ministries and youth ministries. We don't have enough people to take care of all those kids. So kids are wonderful blessings, but you as parents know you have to make huge sacrifices for your kids. And so the reality is, is there are people who are over in the kids' ministry today who haven't been in church for weeks, in this service for weeks, haven't been able to worship with you for weeks because we just don't have enough kids' workers. And that's not healthy. 
we all need to help in. And that's the reality, and that's the pressure point with the kids' ministry. It's not budget. It's not, uh, even though Aaron would say something different, but it's not budget. It's not facilities. It's just pure people who will partner with us in those kids' ministries. And this is what my challenge to you. And I now say this because I'm a dad, and I see it firsthand. Before, it was just like, oh, we need kids' ministry. Now I see it firsthand how it affects us. If we are to be a family as a church, then all of the family take care of the kids, right? I don't see why there's a reason why you can't help out in kids' ministry. There isn't one reason. You may not even like kids. Well, there's other stuff you can do as well. This morning, Raquel was teaching elementary, but she was also checking in as well, the kids. Two roles, vital roles that she was having to double up on. And so just because we don't have enough. But this is where we see the future of the kids' ministry. We see those kids being raised up and then going to youth and seeing God do amazing things in their lives and them changing their schools and their campuses for Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what we see, and that's what we're trying to impart in them. In the youth ministry, many of you don't even realize what goes on in the youth ministry. Well, you've got Brandon and, and John who are kind of left on their own because there's people who don't want to get involved in youth ministry because they don't want to deal with middle school kids. I understand it. But the reality is those kids are going to go to college, and if we have not given them a good base, they're going to walk away from the faith. And I don't want that to be on our hands. And so I challenge you. How can you help our youth? How can you help our kids? Because God's doing a great thing amongst them, but we just really need more people to help and, and, and chip in with that. So, Okay, Chris, last one. I'm kind of the new kid on the block. Uh, Alex invited me to join him on pastoral staff at the beginning of the year, and my title, as you see, is Pastor of Spiritual Formation, whatever that is. <laughs> now, actually, it's very simple. I have one role. My one role is to help you get closer to Jesus. My role is to help you take the next step on your faith journey, whatever that step looks like for you. There's no one way, but God is inviting us closer and closer into his heart, and he's called us to be transformed to his likeness. We are to be thinking and speaking and acting like Jesus. If we call him Lord, if we've set our hearts on becoming Christians, then he's the model. And it's not something we can do on our own. Christianity is never meant to be this solo enterprise. We talk about the church becoming one, and you need help from the church to do that. So Alex, as in the leadership, has been willing to invest in me to be available to you. It's quite that simple. That basically I am here as a resource, and you have the choice to use the resource or not to use the resource. I'm excited because I believe that everything God wants to do through Generation Church is here already. It just needs to be tapped. You need to be encouraged. You need to have opportunities presented. You need to have someone to walk alongside you as you figure out what those things are. That's what I'm here for. And I'm available 24-7, whereas all of these other guys and girls are bivocational. That's the investment that Alex was talking about. That's the sacrifice that the church is making, not on my behalf, but on your behalf, our behalf. And so there's a lot of things that I'm excited about as I look forward to the future. The first, of course, is this good and beautiful God small group discussion that we're going to do because we can't take a step with Jesus unless we understand the God that Jesus knew. 
we've all been influenced by previous church experiences or by our culture to have a picture of God in our minds. And the first thing we need to do is make sure that picture is correct. And the way we know that's correct is because we look at Jesus. And so I'm here for you for any number of ways. Uh, in one-on-one -on -one conversation, I'm available in creating these kinds of discussion groups. I mean, I appreciate what you said because there's nothing I really enjoy more than sitting down and talking to people about Jesus and about their, their walk and being open and honest and say, this is where my struggle is or this is where, you know, I, I don't understand quite what God wants me to do. I feel like God has given me a gift of faith, a gift of encouragement, and I'd rather sit down and do that than almost anything I can imagine, especially if it's over food, you know. <laughs> but the pressure point for me, I guess at this point, is that we don't really know each other that well. And so it takes time to build relationships because I understand we're not gonna open up to people that we don't feel like we know and people that we don't feel like we can trust. And so I need to learn all of you, you only need to learn one of me. So while I'll do my best to reach out and make contact with you, I encourage you as you feel led to initiate that conversation. I, I picture something like the small group discussions uh, becoming the the starting point for some of those relationships as we get together and know each other in a group, then we can follow on as God is speaking to you and you have questions, ideas, doubts, fears, whatever it might be, then please reach out to me because it might take a while for me to get to you. But that's simply it. I, I'm here to help us discover what God has put into each one of us. And there's four areas basically that I think fall under spiritual formation that we're going to focus on. And some of them overlap with what you've already heard. And part of my role is to come alongside people like Josh and Zoe and Aaron and Raquel and Alex and just be an extra support to them. But those four areas are character. How do I look like Jesus? How do I learn to think like Jesus, speak like Jesus, act like Jesus? Creativity, which is kind of like, well, where do I serve? What has God given me to do for the kingdom? Connection, which is very much what Josh was talking about, building relationships, building the unity that we believe God wants us to have as a body. And then lastly, compassion. How do we reach out to others? How do we become good neighbors? You know, Jesus summed it up well. He said, really, this life of faith is all about loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And that is, to me, beautifully succinct. And that's how we, we want to focus. That's what spiritual growth is. If at the end of the year, every single one of us can say, you know what? I love God more than I did at the beginning of the year. And I love my neighbor more than I did at the beginning of the year. That's all spiritual growth and spiritual formation are. And my role is here simply to help you do that in whatever specific and unique way God is laying on your heart for that to happen. So please reach out if I haven't reached out to you yet, and, and let's have a conversation. Let's share a meal, a cup of coffee. I don't drink coffee, but you can. And then we'll, uh, we'll just see what God's saying, what God is stirring up in our hearts. A long time ago when I was called into ministry, God made it very clear to me that he said, invest your life in people, not programs, people. And the organic relationships that you're talking about, you've heard us discuss the organic nature of how a church unites and how a church grows is what it's all about. It's not about, we need programming, we need, and thank God for the people that are gifted in that area and are fulfilling that calling. 
but it's really simply about sharing time together. And so that's what I'm here for. Chris doesn't like coffee. If we'd known this, I'm not sure if we'd have brought him on, you know? I mean... <laughs> See, I adopted coffee, you know, when I came over here. Anyway, so so just one, one thing of note. Have you noticed there's not an average person up here? So that's an area that, that has been a pressure point for us. We believe in outreach. We believe in reaching out. But there's not an average person on here. So if you feel... That, that God has called you to reach out, you know, and, and help people, and you've got this kind of evangelistic kind of calling, then we want to hear from you. We want to hear how we can use you um, in those ways. And so, uh, so this is kind of just uh, so, some of our leaders and just sharing kind of what's on their hearts. I'm going to ask them to, uh, to step down for this moment. And while they do this, this is what I wanted to do. Today, I'm calling what we're doing, we're in this together as we finish this. So this is what I want you to do. You've been sitting for a long time. I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to turn to like two or three people and say, we're in this together. Okay, you can sit down. Okay, I promise you, 10 minutes. Give me 10 minutes and then, and then we're done. Okay, so you may say, Alex, why have you communicated this today? Why do you have this panel up here? Why do they kind of share with you what, uh, what God has been doing and just some of the pressure points? Uh, and, and this is why, because we're family. And we believe that we're part of the family of God and as a church that, that we take on that family. And, uh, and whether the, the issues that you heard are good or maybe some pressure points that were bad, it's not for the leadership team just to celebrate the good things. It's for the whole church to celebrate the good things. So it's for us to celebrate what God is doing in kids' ministry. It's not for us to celebrate when we feel the presence of God here uh, in, 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 in our worship surface, services. But it's also not for the leadership team just to problem-solve the pressure points. As a family, it's up for the whole church to be part of the struggle together. Because whatever uh, family you're in, you all have struggles, right? You all have pressure points. Some families have financial pressure points. Some have logistic pressure points. Some have just not well-behaved children pressure points. Some have some marital pressure points, right? But as a family, you come together to help solve those pressure points. Now, when I was young, my parents went through a lot of struggles, financial struggles, uh, some job struggles. They were pastors of a church. They went some, through some struggles in their churches. And, and they never shared with us their struggles. That we knew sometimes there, wasn't, there was something going on. It's like, Mom, Mom's been crying again, or, you know, Dad just looks really stressed. We know there's something going on, but they never shared with us because they were trying to protect us. But this is, as an adult, looking back, I wish they had shared those struggles with us. Do you know why? Because we could have helped them in those struggles. When I was demanding and demanding uh, as a young kid of like the new video game or, you know, going on this trip or getting uh, the latest uh, pair of, uh, of Nike sneakers, if I had known of the financial issues they had had, I probably would have tried to more contribute towards it in my little paper round job or when I worked for a sports store. 
If I had known the problems they were having in their church at the time, I would have been a little bit more sensitive. But they were trying to protect us. But the reality is sometimes you need to be honest and transparent so that others can, can know. And as you've heard our honesty and some transparency with you today, I, I want you to, to think about, okay, we've, asked, we've told you this because we want you to know where God is moving, but we also want you to know the struggles as well. Because as a family, we need to be open and honest and transparent with each other. So this is what I want you to do this morning. On your chair, there is an index card, um, and then there's a little golf pencil. Um, I'm sure we're going to have to buy new golf pencils soon because we use these like almost every week. But on that, there's an index card with a golf pencil, and there's three questions I want you to write down on this index card. And we use index cards a lot, and we write things down, and the reason is is because we, we want you to, to think more than just hearing a message. We, we want you to be able to, to think through yourself what God is, is inviting you to do and inviting you to become, and, and this is something that will help you. So these are the three questions I want you to write on the index card, and leave some space to write an answer on there as well. So the first question is this. What can I bring to this church? What can I bring to this church? We believe that God has brought you here for a reason, not just to sit in a chair and listen to uh, a sermon and sing some songs and, 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 and maybe, you know, to, to, to help and volunteer in some areas. God has brought you for a reason because you have something to bring that God wants you to bring. What can I bring to this church? The second question, and this is maybe a little harder, where is God currently using me? Where is God currently using me? And for some of you, you could write a, uh, you could, you could write a book on where God is currently using you. And if you are stumped by this question, then it should be kind of a little wake-up call. Wow, if God's not using me, then... I'm not using my gifts and talents, what God wants me to bring. And then the last question, and this is specifically for us here at Generation Church. And I'm not sure if my wording is right here or not, but I was trying to figure out how to word it. But you get my point. How can I help release some of the pressure points our church is experiencing? How can I help release some of the pressure points our church is experiencing? So you heard from just these guys this morning about where God is moving, but also some of the pressure points. And Chris made a statement, I believe, that God has within Generation Church right now everything that we need for God to move and God to work. Well, if that's the case then that means those pressure points can disappear by what's in this room right here. So how can God, how can I help release some of the pressure points our church is experiencing? Now, I want you to think on those questions. And just for the rest of this service, just a few last few moments, if you something comes to mind, jot it down and write it down on that card. We're not going to ask for those cards to be handed in. They're all for you, for yourself. But the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in Philippi, and 
This is what he wrote in his letter to the Philippians. In 1 Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 to 30, Paul says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come to see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed. But you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you have, uh, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have even seen my struggle in the past, past and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. So the book of Philippians is this incredible book of joy. And Paul talks about the joy that there is in living a life for Christ. And it starts with Paul basically saying how thankful he is for the people of, of the church of Philippi. But then he makes this statement, and he basically says that this life is about Christ and Christ only. He makes this amazing statement, says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's all about Jesus Christ. If it's not about Jesus Christ, then, then, then it's not even worth living. But then he says this to the Philippians in this, in this verse that we just wrote. He basically says this, hey guys, we're in this together. We're in this together. It's not about me and, and a few other of the apostles. It's not about you just living an individual life that, that, you know, that you become a disciple of Jesus, but you don't interact with anyone else. No, we're in this together, Paul says. It's a moment of unity, a moment where Paul is trying to bring the body of Christ together, all these different parts together. It's a moment where the people of Christ start to understand we can't do this alone. We've been designed to live, to worship, and to follow Christ in the company of others. And let me just tell you today, I honestly believe that. That we've been designed to live, to worship, and to follow Christ in the company of others. So you can live by yourself, but living with others is even better. You can worship by yourself, but worshiping with others is even better. You can follow Christ by yourself, but following Christ in the company of others is even better. Then Paul says this, that there is a struggle going on. A struggle for the faith. And in truth, the struggle is real. Each of you are going through a struggle in your life right now. It's a struggle for the faith. Did you know it's not easy being a Christian? See, if Christianity is easy, then it's probably Christ we're not, we're fo we're not following. We're not following Christ. If Christianity is easy to us, then this is probably what we're doing. We're probably following a cultural religion that tries to look like Christ but isn't really like Christ. Paul tells us we must stick together. And this is the message I want to leave you with as we close out this perfectly one series that we've been doing, I feel like, for an ever and a day now. We need to stick together, for together we can fulfill the mission of Christ. We need to stick together, for together we can fulfill the mission of Christ. 
So you may say, well, what can I do? What can I do to help us stick together and fulfill the mission of Christ? Well, those questions I asked you to write down on your index card is a great way to start here at Generation. How you can come together perfectly at one with each other. What can I bring? What can I bring? What can I contribute to this church? Where is God using me? Because if God is using you in an area, then, then, then probably God wants to use you even more in that area. How can I help relieve some of the pressure points Generation Church is experiencing? Those are great ways to start in our local setting here at Generation Church. But I want to leave you this morning with something that I believe is even greater than here at Generation Church. Because you're part of this church, but what happens tomorrow if your job moves you to Oklahoma, right? Or Missouri, right? Let's hope not, right? I lived out there, so I can say that. What if God did that? What if God moved you onto the mission field? What if God called you to plant a church? Then how could you become perfectly at one with those other people who now are in that new setting, in that new environment? Well, Paul tells us this is what we should do in that verse. He firstly tells us we should live like Christians should. He says, live like citizens of heaven. Did you know that being a Christian means that you should be different to everybody else in your life who is not a Christian? You should be different. You are different because now you have the life of Christ within you. You are a citizen of heaven. If you look and act and speak and think like all your other friends or or co-workers who do not know Christ, then there's something wrong. You should be different. And Paul says, no matter what setting you're in, live like citizens of heaven. Live like Christians should. You should be different. He also says this, stand together in community. He said there should be one purpose and and, and one faith and one body. Stand together, shoulder and shoulder. Like a family, when one person's down, the others lift them up. And that's what we should be. Wherever you are, whatever church you belong to, you should lift the other people up in that church. If, if, if someone's going through a hard time or if someone's getting attacked, whatever's going on, if they're going through struggles, you should come and you should help support them. That's what part of being one body is. That's what Paul says. But then Paul leaves it with this. And this is something I am learning myself. He says that we should struggle together. Struggle together. Struggle together. What does that even mean? Well, when one person's struggling, we don't just cast them aside or leave them. We come and we help them through that struggle. I'll give you a perfect example of where the church throughout the centuries has failed in this, in theology. When somebody has a different theology or theological thinking than somebody else, this is what we do. We put them in boxes. And we say, no, you go there, you go there. And this is what happened. We've had all these different churches that have been created because someone says, you know, I believe this, so I'm going to go and walk with other people who believe what I believe, and we're going to look at everyone else says that we're right and you're wrong. But when I read the Bible, this is what I get. If someone is struggling theologically, we shouldn't say, you heretic, go over there. This is what we should do. 
We should come by them and we should help them in their struggle. See, that's what family do. See, your kids will grow up and believe something different than you believe. You don't just say, go over there, be part of that family. You may believe what your, different, what your parents believe. You say, well, bye-bye. You're not part of my family anymore. We're a family together. And in this room, we have so many different people who have so many different beliefs theologically that if we came up and said, we believe this, this, and this, and this, half of you would leave because you're like, well, you don't believe everything I believe. Well, no, because we humans, fallen humans. But the reality is we should struggle together. If people are going through financial issues, we should struggle together. If people are going through family issues, we should struggle together. Doubts of faith, we should struggle together. And that is what it means to be perfectly one. So this is what we're going to do as we close. We're going to stand together. And our time's gone. And something else I really wanted to do, but our time's gone this morning. But if you want to stand... And we're going to close this series out how we started this series. And that's by praying together. So this is what I want you to do this morning. I don't want to make it awkward for you guys. But if you're here with your family, maybe your spouse or your kids, you know, or aunties and uncles, or, you know, you're you're really close with someone and they're like a brother from another mother, you know, it's like, then get together with them as we pray this morning. And start to pray for one another. And I'm going to pray. And as I pray, get together. Maybe, you know, embrace each other. If it's not too weird. You know. (laughs) And as we pray together, let's pray that God is going to do amazing things in and through you. As you bring what God has given you. That God is going to use you and you're going to start seeing God use you in amazing ways. That The pressure points here at Generation Church will not be pressure points anymore, but ways that we can celebrate what God is doing. But also we'll see that God, through this church and through you, will start to reach out in amazing ways to your friends and your co-workers and your family and the people of this county who do not know Jesus Christ. Because ultimately, that is the purpose of the church to declare the good news of Jesus. And so let's just take a few moments just where we close today and we close out this series. Maybe we need to struggle together. Maybe we need to stand shoulder to shoulder together. Maybe we need to start living more like citizens of heaven together. But let's just take a moment and start praying together and then I'll close this out in prayer today. Father God, today, We thank you for your death, your resurrection, and your life. We thank you that you are coming again. God, and we thank you that you've brought each of us as individual as we are, God. And you've brought us into this moment in time where we are here in this place together. And this morning, we thank you for the church of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for the rich and the poor. God, we thank you for the old and the young. We thank you for the the different ethnicities, Lord Jesus. The people from different backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that the church of Jesus Christ 
Lord, is this collective group of people who have a passion for you. And Father, in this place today, we come before you and we thank you for this church. We thank you, Lord, for each and every person who is part of this church, God. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing they are. God, we thank you for all those, Lord, who participate every single week and every single month to the life of this church. And this morning, Lord, we just want to say thank you, Lord, that we have brothers and sisters, God, that we can come alongside, that we don't have to do this life alone, but you have provided for us people who will support us people who will come alongside us, people who will pray for us, people who will struggle with us. And this morning, Father, we just come before you and we just ask God, as we come out of this series, Lord, that for the rest of this year, that we will start to see, Lord, just this unity amongst us, this commonality that is Jesus Christ and Christ crucified, Lord, will just be ingrained in us, Lord, that we will help to support one another and be there for one another. That as a church, Lord, that we will become perfectly one as you prayed in John 17, that the world will know that Jesus is the Son of God and that you love them so much. So Father, I just want to thank you this morning for each person. I want to thank you for their gifting, their abilities, their presence, God, their personalities in their life. I want to thank you for what you're going to do in amongst them, God, this morning. Now, Lord Jesus, we pray that you'll be with us this week. Keep us, protect us, watch over us. Give us opportunities to shine a light for you, Lord Jesus. Give us divine appointments with people who do not know you, Lord Jesus, that we may be able to share the good news of Jesus with them. We ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.